Hello, everyone. This is Bill Knauer, and you're listening to Author to Author, where we talk about writing and life. Because what it takes to write the book you want to write is also what it takes to lead the life you want to lead. That's true. Author to Author is brought to you by Author Magazine, premier free writing magazine on the internet, featuring articles on writing and the writing life, as well as video interviews with best-selling and award-winning authors across the genres. My conversation with Natasha Dion, rising literary star out of California. I think she's down in California. That's up there now. What an interesting woman. What a bright light. Well, she has an interesting story about how she found her first novels. Whew. Good story. So, go check that out over at authormagazine.org and we are funded by the great people at the pacific northwest writers association supporting writers from pen to publication since 1955 we love to do big conference every year we're going to do one it's going to be live oh i hope so you know barring more variants barring more variants we're going to do it live in september 2022 and i'll be teaching there oh yes i will be uh so i hope you will too I hope so. Um, yeah, so go check it out at pnwa.org. They're a great organization for writers of all stripes and experience levels. Speaking of uh, teaching, I will be doing two classes this April. So the 14th, uh, so they're through Writers Digest University, I think they call themselves, teaching fearless writing and fearless marketing. Fearless writing on the 14th. Fearless Marketing on the 28th and a um, couple hours from 1 to 3 p.m. Pacific or Eastern time on the 14th and the 28th. So if that's something you want to do. I've done it before. Maybe you had a chance. Maybe you always wanted to be a part of that workshop. Now's your chance. Very reasonable price. And uh, I've got the links to it on my website, williamcanauer.com. It's right there on the very front page, the landing page. And uh, hey, Hey, I'd love to see you there. These are always really well attended, and um, I love teaching it. So check it out, Fearless Writing and Fearless Marketing. You can sign up for one or both. It's up to you. All right. Hey, this is a real treat. Uh, I've been working with this woman. I've known this woman professionally for many years. Today, I get to interview her, Kim Dower, the great Kim Dower. She's the City Poet Laureate, or was the City Poet Laureate of West Seattle, of West, <laughs> West Seattle. No, no, no. West Hollywood from October to uh, 2016, October 2018. And she has published four collections of poetry, Air Kissing on Mars, um, Slice of the Moon, Last Train to the Missing Planet, and Sunbathing on Tyrone Powers Gray, which was the winner of the 2020 Independent Publishers Book Award Gold Medal for Poetry. But her fifth collection, newest i wore this dress for you today excuse me i wore this dress today for you mom will be coming out in exactly two weeks april 29th and it's been described as a deftly constructed inherently interesting impressively insightful thought-provoking and truly memorable by the midwest book review kim's work has been featured in numerous literary journals including plume plowshares rattle the james dickey review and garrison keeler's the Writer's Almanac. Her poems are included in several anthologies, notably Wide Awake, Poets of Los Angeles and Beyond, and Coiled Serpent, Poets Arising from the Cultural Quakes and Shifts of Los Angeles. She teaches poetry workshops for Antioch University, UCLA Extension Writers Program, West Hollywood Library, and Los Angeles LGBT Center. And she's with us today, 
Kim. Kim, how are you doing? Oh, my God. I'm exhausted from listening yeah. to how much I've done. It's, yeah, you see? Is that, is that all true? I don't know. I don't know. You tell no, me. I'm, Did you really do all I, that? I'm, I made it up. It sounded good, though, right? I mean, It sounds good. You know, uh, <laughs> so what's not in here is how you and I know one another, because you may, by night, be a brave poet, but by day you are a humble publicist. Mm. And an interesting combination – We'll yes. come to that. We'll come to that other little side hustle you've got. Um, <laughs> but, but so poetry, and I will say, by the way, if I had to say that there was a kind of writer who would also be a publicist, I probably wouldn't pick poet. It wouldn't be my uh-huh. first thought. But you see, you see, you go against type. You go against yeah, type, Kim. There you go. Mm-hmm. All right. So let's back up. Yeah. What's, what, so your relation to writing, how did it start? What did you think? I just, I like doing this i like yeah. doing this what, when did that really hit you well you know i think probably like like you and many of your listeners you know it hits us when we're little kids i mean it hits yeah. us Most, yeah. you know we're we're hanging out in our room and nothing interesting is happening outside <laughs> those walls you know like right. they're yelling at each other you know yeah. this one's doing his homework yeah. um and there you are, you start scribbling little little things uh, that you call stories or poems or whatever. But you, you go into another world that feels, you know, it protects you and it makes you feel good and, and separate. And so I think, you know, when I was young, I used to um, go into that world and write. But you don't call yeah. yourself a writer, certainly you. not a poet. No. Um, yeah. So, so you were um, young like... Like how young? Because you know, I think I've I've asked this question so many times in one way or another, and the average age is nine, but it I've heard all every you know some huh. before they can remember, but that usually is when it sort of kicks in because there's something about age nine where you kind of your head kind of begins to rise out of real childhood and into something vaguely social, I guess maybe yeah. I don't know. What, well, I don't know. I think of grades, you know, so more like yeah. even in, in kindergarten, um, oh, I would yeah. read. See, I loved Dr. Dr. Seuss. I loved A.A. Yeah. A. Oh. You know, Milne. Remember, Ooh. now we oh. are six. You know, yeah. they're changing guard at Buckingham Palace. Christopher yeah. Robin went down with Alice. You know, I would memorize these things and I would oh, I would say see. them aloud. And I, I think that poets, um, you know, it's all about the music and the sound yeah. of the words. And so I would memorize it, and I would write little rhyming things, you know, that were just, oh. you know. Um, and my grandmother used to read me, she she would read me poetry in Russian, and I didn't understand what, what she was. Really? Yeah. I mean, I didn't know what she was talking about, but it was like right. Pushkin and the greats, and she had it all memorized, and she would just say these poems to me, and they were so beautiful and musical. So... I mean, I think probably you're right, nine, ten, you know, yeah. when you when you start bringing these little things into class, you know, that's a big deal, yeah. fifth grade and yeah. all that. Yeah. Um, but I didn't, you know, declare myself a poet or even know that I could do such a thing until my first year of college. And that was the uh, that was the game changer, the life changer how so? for me. Why? What happened? I stumbled across. I, I went to a little school in those days. Uh, it was Emerson College. It was a little oh. school, not like it is today. Oh, um, God, that's my old haunts back in the East Coast. I grew up in Providence, but I knew of Emerson because that's the Boston, right? 
Wow, yes. Well, I, there yeah. were a lot of kids from Rhode Island, from Providence, yeah, yeah. including. I was um, thinking about going there, in fact. That was one of my options. Anyway, so, okay. It's a great, it was a great school. It was yeah. right time, right place, small school. It was a communications mm-hmm. college, but yep. they had a fantastic writing program that was just a complete surprise. And yeah. my first creative writing class ever um, was yeah. a class called Introduction to Creative Writing, and a gentleman named Thomas Love who was a young man, was mm-hmm. teaching it, and uh, he went on to be a great, one of our greatest poets. And right. um, I was lucky enough to study with him when I was 18 years old uh, right. in Boston, and it, it did. It changed my life forever. What, what did he teach you? Like, what did he, because you had been dabbling, you know, obviously you don't know everything, but at 18, you'd already been interested. If you're memorizing poetry, because not every kid's memorizing poetry, you know, Kim. I'm not sure if you're aware of that. But uh, no. you're, you're, I was starting to memorize it in high school. I would read yeah. E. Cummings and T.S. Eliot, and I'd memorize it and recite it. But not when I was that young. So, so you already were well, kind of had a feel for it, right? And so what I had you- a feel for it. I, I think that what it was, and that's what I try to do in the in the classes that I teach. Um, though, you know, I don't teach full time. So he had this opportunity, but it was from day one that he made poetry seem so amazing, so powerful, so important that anything else that we were doing was stupid because it was just, (laughs) you know, we were idiots to even care about anything else. Psychology, stupid. (laughs) You know, you're a moron, but poetry this is where it was at, and he would read to us, and he declared us, you know, in day one, he's like, raise your hand if you're a poet, and none of us raised our hands, right, because, my God, we're scared to death to right. move at this point, yep. and he's like, get out of here, because if you're not going <laughs> to declare yourself a poet, you're not wow. worth anything, so wow. he gave us, I mean, he was young, look, it was in the days you could do things, you could smoke in the classroom, you could, right. you know, it, it was... A whole different story, but he declared us poets. He said, your job is to report what you see in a way that's never been seen before. Cliches are the enemy. You're, you know, all of this. And so when we walked out of there, I mean, I remember that first week feeling like I was a changed person. I had a mission. There was something that I could do that might matter in this world. Of yep. course it didn't, but anyway, that's the history. But. <laughs> hey, you don't know. No. <laughs> you don't know. Um, anyway, but it, it was it was life changing, and then I had superb teachers throughout that whole the whole four years. I mean, great poets, right. Right. and I was quite 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 serious about it wow, all. So that was it. So you said that's it, mom, dad. Guess what? <laughs> That's right. <laughs> My financial right. troubles are over. There I'm you go. <laughs> so, well, you know, well, I will. Ta- I'll, I'll tell you this because this is very sweet. Both my parents are gone. Uh, I write a lot of poetry about them, but yeah. I remember back then um, I went home that first, you know, that break, that spring break, and. Yeah. Um, I had all these poems, and I showed my father, who's a really sweet guy, um, 
And I showed him a couple, and I was writing very surrealistic poetry because oh, that's what I was okay. taught at the beginning. Tom oh, Luck, right. Bill Nott, James Tate, they were all surrealists, a lot of it. Right. You couldn't understand. And I remember my father looking at it for a while. He looked at it. He must have read it like three times or pretended to. Uh-huh. And then he looked at me and he said, you know, Kim, I don't know what this means, but I know it's good. <laughs> oh, oh, good answer, Dad. It, yeah, it was really sweet, and um, that was that. And he never lived yeah. to see any of these books, sadly. Right, right. Uh, my mother saw one of them, but I don't right. think she really knew what was going on at the time. Uh, right, okay. All right, so you, so, and your first book, when was, when was Slice of the Moon published? Oh, no, Air Kissing on Mars, when was that published? So, Air Kissing on Mars was 2010. So, okay. um, in the last, what is it, um, in the last 13 years or whatever, I've I've had five collections and yeah. Um, so you know, Bill, I'll just I'll just cut right to it because I think it might be interesting to your to your listeners, many of whom um, may have abandoned their own writing at a certain point in their lives and right. are trying to regain it or think they may not. But I was, as I say, a very serious poet. I I even taught uh, intro to creative writing at Emerson when I graduated. Oh, okay. All but right. I, I moved out to L.A., you know, and that's yeah. where all hell breaks loose, you know, this, this right. horrible place. Um, yeah. And I, I just got interested in other things, you know. Yeah. Poets weren't getting any attention, especially female poets in, back then. Not in L.A. also. I mean, no. I mean, if you're not, you know, what's his name, you know, the the drunk. I'm sorry, he's more than a drunk. Yeah, well, Charles Bukowski. That's right. right. And you know, I was more than that. No, I listen. I hear you. I mean, I, he is a, just a fine poet, but he right. did have a certain image, and I didn't really want to gain, you know, a hundred pounds and you know right. become a man and <laughs> right. and you know drink yeah. a lot of Jack Daniels. But anyway. Right. Um, so, you know, I had a different life, and I, I started a business that you know me, and um, I got married, had a family, and okay. but poetry was always, it felt like something very, very crucial was missing. It really was missing, and yeah. I, I did write other things, but it wasn't poetry. And then when my son went off to college, and the house was quiet, no more sandwiches to make, you know, no more... The poems started coming back fast and furious as if they had been like little airplanes on a runway waiting to take off like one after another after another in the middle of the night during the day. And to bring Thomas Lux back to this, um, I got in touch with him after many years and I said, Tom, I started writing like crazy. And he said to me in his hilarious fashion, well, you know, Kim, the warranty has expired. (laughs) Um, and um, you know that was Lux but of course he he read my poems he said listen you know you're still funny you still got the music you've still got the imagination but you really need to get the craft back you need to go to some workshops and get back into the you know line breaks and and this and this and this and so I did and for 10 years Bill oh my god I went really? to a writing workshop every single Saturday in L.A. run by this wonderful person named Terry Wolverton. Um, she okay. has something called Poets at Work. 
And every Saturday morning I would go, I would work on poems. I went to the Sarah Lawrence Summer Poetry um, Festival. I went to the Palm Beach Poetry Festival. I packed myself with listening and learning and reading. And I, I did all that to get it back. Yeah, and it worked. You so you took. It sounds like you were out of it for like maybe twenty years or yes. so, maybe fifty. Yes. Wow. So you and and wow. So it just you and talk, talk to me about the moment when you felt it, you just knew you had to, sh- or you you shifted where you went and started your business and family. And I, I did, maybe was it must have been just like you're out there and there's and it's the different vibe because it can't. It's not easy to let go of something like that, but it must just the the, the do you remember what that was like when you kind of decided, like, or you realized you weren't doing it at that time, that it just wasn't? Well, it you just, were so into it. it and then it, to well, not do I was it. still writing. I was still writing. And as a matter of fact, yeah. I, was sending, I was sending out, I got a poem in Plowshares when I was living out here in L.A. Um, I was living out here, and I worked as a secretary at a literary agency back in oh, the day. Oh. When yeah. we were called secretaries, they right. didn't have the wow. word assistant, you know. Yeah. And um, and there was somebody who I worked with, and her name was Judy, and she always talked about her boyfriend Jack, but I never met him, and it really annoyed me. So I sat down at my desk, I remember my secretary desk out here on Sunset Boulevard, and I wrote a poem called "Who Is This Judy's Jack," <laughs> and I. And it came to, you know, it was like right there. Who is this Judy's Jack? And I sent it to Plowshares, and they published it. Um, Was that the first time you'd published something? No. You know, Plowshares published me when I was at Emerson. Wow. Um, That's pretty good. That's a good journal. That's one of the better ones. Well, it, you know, had just started up then, but it was Uh good. And yep. I also had a couple of poems in the old Seneca Review, it was called, and but um, so I wrote "Who Is This Judy's Jack?" and it felt like a hundred pounds had been lifted off of me. It was such right. a good feeling. Yeah. But then you know it faded and it faded, and I know that when I was pregnant, when I had a baby, I would write all these little notes on scraps of paper. But I don't. I was doing my business at that time, and I yeah, which I still am, and I I just couldn't find it. I couldn't remember. But I will say this. When I first moved to L.A., I went to the Hollywood Forever Cemetery because I love cemeteries. Okay. I'm a good poet. Should. I I used to walk through Harvard Square and go to the graveyards there, which are incredible. But I used to sunbathe on Tyrone Powers' grave. It was a big slab. You actually did that. I did it, and I wrote a note, and I wrote sunbathing on Tyrone Power's grave, and I put it in a pocket. And years later, I found it, and that's why I titled that book. Right, right. So, wow. I mean, Kim, it, what a journey. Holy oh, it was. Mackerel. It was a Holy good. Holy smokes. Yeah, it was pretty good. So how are you feeling about now? So now you, you, so you go and you learn your craft again. You immerse yourself. Yeah. You immerse yourself in it. Learning and writing and learning and writing, you and you put some collections together, and then one thing starts happening. Now you now you're like a, a poet. It's now you. I mean, look, you could call yourself that whenever you want, but that's you're now. Sounds like you're. You, it's more a regular part of your life. I mean, yes, as much exactly. as it can be. Yeah, must yeah. feel good. 
Yeah, it feels good, Bill. You know, look, you know me as a literary publicist, so I right. I get in touch with you about authors that I handle, etc. Now, right. for years, years, I kept those two very separate because, right. you know, I have a client. No one wants to hear that I'm a poet. Who cares, honestly? <laughs> you know, it's like being right. in L.A. and being at a restaurant and the waiter says, you know, I'm also an actor. Like, we don't care yeah. that you're an actor. Just yeah. give us our I linguine know. and get it right. away from me. So, right. you know, so I kept it, but then I had the first book, the second book, the third book. Now I learned, now I've merged them. I can no longer, I no longer want to keep it a secret. Uh, it's a part of my life. And yep. a, a lot of people like to be represented by a poet. Um, yep. And there are ones probably who don't, and that's fine too. Right. So, um, that, but I, I will, yeah, go ahead. No, go ahead. No, you go ahead. Well, I wanted to say something that I, I love, and I haven't had a chance to, to say this. But okay. when you wonder, how does one merge those two, like publicist yeah. and – so, you know, you know, part of what I do, and sometimes I feel bad, like I'm bugging you, like I'll pitch you well, something and then – your job. You know, right, it's our job. But our job is to, like, like try to get the answer yes, you know? Right, right. And so one of my favorite poets is Wallace Stevens. and. Ah. A oh, lot of the people, man with the blue guitar. The man with the blue guitar, but a lot of people don't realize that Wallace Stevens had a day job like I yes, do, he and did. he yeah. he sold insurance. That's right. That's he right. sold insurance, and yeah. he would walk, you know, through the snow in his big wool coat, and write poems, put them in his pocket, and then take them out of his pocket and put them on his secretary's desk and ask her to type them up. And really? Yes. I didn't know that part. Okay. And he sold insurance. Yeah. Well, one of his great little poems I have on my desk, and it's not only a great poem, but it's sort of my mantra as a publicist. Uh-huh. And this is, this is what it is. It's okay. after the final no, there comes a yes. And on that yes, the future world depends. Ah, oh, that's a good one. Isn't that beautiful? Oh yeah, God, I love Stevens. I love that. I love this stuff. That's great. And so you, that's your, and so you feel, so you're you're able to feel within your work as a publicist some spiritual, emotional connection to what you something. I always say I I write sort of memoir, personal essay, but it's an interesting thing because nothing ever happens to me. (laughs) My life is that's, but it doesn't matter because I can see, I feel like I can see life and death in everything. And so, and so that's what I feel like the job of the poet is in a way. Nothing is too small, right? No, nothing is too small. I mean, our, our job really is to expand that moment, you know, to see in a moment all the different levels and layers and colors that that yeah. moment has can, that can offer. Yeah. Um, and that's why I never, I don't believe in writer's block. And I, I say yeah. to classes that, you know, if you sit down and close your eyes and do automatic writing, I mean, some people call it wild writing. Some people, you know, call it fever writing. writing, yeah. But you just give yourself any prompt and write, you'll be shocked what will come out that you can that's use. Right. That's right. That's right. That's how it works. Cause that's right. That's I, it's a good it's a good um, uh, exercise because you want to you want to start not thinking 
and see what happens. Uh, because I always say to my students, like when they do free writing, it's like, look, maybe this will give you something good, maybe it won't. But that's how it should feel when you're working. Yeah. That zone. That's what it should feel like, even if you're working on something that's more structured. It should be that right. free feeling. Absolutely. So do you do – are you – are you, do you do readings? Do you like to do readings? Oh, I love to do readings. Yeah. And, um, you know, these last two years, of course, have yeah, been well, you know, horrific. Yeah. Nobody's done readings. And doing them on Zoom, it, you know, kill me. It's I mean, not it's, the same. It's not it's, the same. It's just horrible. So you just get to look at your own face, reading yeah, your own face. I know. But yeah. um, I, you know, I do a lot of readings. And this book, my new book, as you mentioned, I wore this dress today for you, Mom, is yeah. coming out April 19th in time, yep. plenty of time for Mother's Day shoppers. Oh, Yo, you know, there you now, go. There I go. And I have readings all over L.A. And, I'm, and I'll be going to San Francisco and Phoenix and New York. You know, sadly, I'm not coming to Seattle. I've read ah. a few times at Elliott Bay. Oh, um, oh, nice. Beautiful nice. store. Yeah. But yeah. Um, I, I won't be going up to Seattle. And um, But anyway, that's okay. You know, maybe maybe someday soon. Maybe but, in the future. What about Portland? Because Portland's got Powell's books. You can yeah, read. I've read at Powell's a few times, too. But, you know, I cut it down. I, I You know, L.A., obviously, I live here, so I'm doing everything yeah. here. New York, yeah. I grew up in New York, so I always go back there. Um I have a good friend in Phoenix who will make all her friends come. Good. And, That's you know, and Book Passage in San Francisco, of course, yeah. is one of the yeah. great stores, and I love going yeah. there. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, but um, I love reading. I really do. I am sort of a ham. Um, good. Good. Make it <laughs> make a show, man. You've got to make really. it a show. I'm, I totally believe in making it fun and interesting. I did – I did uh, some sketch comedy for a while, but it started because mm. I was, I did a, um, this is in my twenties. I did a poetry reading and my brother said, let's do it together. We'll make a show out of it. And he was oh. a poet. So we just sort of, we put sketches around my poems and it worked and, uh, <laughs> because we were like, well, let's make it as entertaining as possible. So I'm all for it. I'm all for it. Well, good for you. Hey, do you ever do, you know, do you know something down there called Rorschach? Uh, it's like R O A R Shack S H. No, it's a reading. Oh, I've read. There's a guy who's been a guest uh, on the show a couple times, and he's had me on. I just thought maybe because he does these readings down there, and it's part of the you know. Oh, LA I'm gonna look it up. Stuff. Look it up, Rorschach. I did even an online thing when we read, so he does a lot of poets. So oh, cool. About, I did one reading down there. It was really well attended. I was like, Jesus, I was I was wow. impressed. Well, you know, what? readings are. You should have told me about it. Well, gone. this was uh, a long time ago. This was, oh, I mean, okay. it was like 10 years ago at least. So. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, yeah. So, um, so all right. So uh, I wore this dress today for you, Mom, coming out April 19th, pre-order where all fine books are sold. Yeah, is that true? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You should be okay. able to get it everywhere. And it. let me say this, if I may. It Please. is beautiful looking. They read yeah. Press, who's my publisher. Yeah. They did the most exquisite job. It's hardcover, and nice. this little girl, she's wearing a foil dress. Yeah, it's it's beautiful. Like silver. Oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah. So, anyway, they really knocked themselves out. I'm very proud of it. Good. Oh, it's nice. Isn't it nice to actually like the aesthetic of the book? You know, really I liked my nice. last book came out, and I was like, oh, that's a really good look. I, I liked it anyway. So it's always, yeah. there's something so tactile. As much as, hel- as helpful as the e-books are, I just don't 
oh, man, I'm sorry. No, not me neither. Physical. I can't do it. All right. So if people are interested in Kim Dower, yes. do they go to KimDowerPoetry.com? Is that the best that, place to go if they want to learn about you? Easy as can be. All right. Now, and just because if they wanted to hire you or look in to see if that you were interested in being their publicist, is there, yeah. how, could they, how would they find you with that side of your life? Well, I'm, my company, as you very well know, uh, Bill, know. from my constant <laughs> bothering you, is um, called Kim from L.A. Um, just Kim from L.A., easy enough, and KimFromLA.com. And yeah. there, there I am, a complete yeah. skits, you know, split personality. <laughs> and um, you know, one one is the nice one, one is the not nice one. No, I'm right. not. That's not true. You're nice everywhere. And people look at she does she 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 bugs me a lot. That's her job. So that's what you want. So you'd be well well uh, you'd be well served to hire her as your publicist if you're looking. That's for right. Because that's could, the job. Right, you can hire me as a poet too, and I'll just call me up and I'll that, read you a poem and send me a hundred dollars. That's right. See. <laughs> It's not that much to ask. Right. Well, listen, Kim, I am so glad that you came back to poetry. Came back to your first real love. Yeah. I think it's just great. It's so inspiring to all our listeners out there. Some of them just been working away forever, but some of them, like you, life came along and they, other things just took priority. And that's That's okay. That's right. That's okay. It is. is. Okay. And because the, the muse. I don't believe she she doesn't hold a grudge. She doesn't hold no. a grudge. She'll no. come back when you're ready. I firmly believe it. Exactly. I totally agree. Yeah. Yeah, that's great. All right, but I'm not quite through with you yet, Kim. Oh, good. I want you to finish this sentence. I want you to finish this sentence. If writing, all this writing you've done for your whole life has taught you anything, it's taught you what? It's taught me how to be quiet and think and not be afraid to see what comes up in that thought. Yeah, well, that's a good one. That's a good. That's fearlessness. That's fearlessness, though it may not look like it because it's so quiet and simple and still. But it is, Kim. That's where it comes from. Yeah, good. That's good answer. All right. Well, listen, Kim. Congrats on the new book. I hope Thank it just you. flies off the shelf, and Thank I'll probably you. be talking to you again for too long. All right. Well, this is so fun and such a pleasure. And my authors love, by the way, talking to you. And now I know why. So there you go. Well, thank you. This was was a lot of fun. We'll do it again next time your next book comes out. Wonderful. All right. Take it easy. Take care. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. Yeah, people. Get still. Get still. Don't be afraid of what happens. Don't be afraid of the silence. That's where the good stuff comes from. Yes, it is. Okay, I'll be back again next week with another fabulous guest. I will be recording it ahead of time. Uh, But in the meantime, you know, thanks to my producer, RJ, and to all of you out there, go find something you love to do and do it. (laughs) 